these damn headphones are loud as shit, man. <laughs> hey, you always got something to say before we start the podcast. What I have to say now? Bullshit. Like you always talk about some Whatever, stupid man. bullshit. Anyways. Hey. What episode is this? This is episode number 13. 13. Hey, I want to let you guys fucking know. We got a real fucking legend in the building tonight, we, we man. We absolutely do. I need y'all to get the fuck up and clap the <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> fucking hands. Do you know why? Hey. This guy's about the the person we have on the show tonight. I fucking look up to highly, legend in the fucking sport. Absolutely, one of the best wrestlers to ever come and do it in MMA. MMA. Absolutely, fumble my fucking words. Uh, 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 Strike Force champion. Yes, light heavyweight champion. Risen, Risen champion. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, cold fucking blooded King fucking Mo Wall. Sorry, all the coastal words. <laughs> What's up, King Mo? What's going on, y'all? Hey, bro, we're trying to be like you every day, brother. <laughs> Dog, dark-skinned, bald-headed brothers are in right now, too, baby. You know what I'm saying? Yep. What's up with we you? Sure in. And Taylor, hey, what you doing right now, Mo? What's uh, what's what 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 are you doing now? Like, since you're not fighting anymore, what's what's your life looking like? Man, all I do is wake up, go train, keep make sure my athletes are on top, come home, chill, then tend to my bees, man. I'm a beekeeper. Oh man, look at you living a good life, bro. Look at you still in shape, man. I'm trying to be like you. Wanna I need to lose about a good 10, 15 pounds now, you know what I mean? Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe twenty five. No, I'm playing. Look, hey. <laughs> look now nah, he's <laughs> <laughs> Hey Mo, what what other fighters that you're coaching right now? Can you name some of your fighters? Uh there's a girl named uh, Isis Verbeek. Okay. She's a, a beak. Um, I'm helping with Valerie Valerie Lareda. <clears throat> Um, Jarzinho, Rosnerstruck, Johnny Eblen. Now, hey, Johnny Eblen is somebody y'all need to watch out for. Okay. He is the truth, man. He's the truth. Yeah, he's a, a middleweight um, for Bellator. So he's fighting. I think John Salter next. Nice. Okay. If I'm not mistaken. Be wrong. I'm not sure, but okay. that's what I heard. Hey, um, well, on this show here, we are huge. Huge fans of Valerie. Don't say we. <laughs> <laughs> Do not include me in that statement. Hey, She's cool, but hey, you, Mo, you a super fan over here. Mo, can you can you relay a message to me? <laughs> to to her. Can you relay a message to Valerie, please? Depends on what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tell her oh, I'll pay her man. whatever she wants. I'll be her sugar daddy. Whatever you want, girl. I love you, girl. <laughs> From the bottom of my heart. That's all I want you to say. Sign and deliver it, Mo. You know? You ain't enough. <laughs> <laughs> she said you ain't rich enough. <laughs> I ain't rich enough, Mo. I mean, I, I got a couple I got a couple little stacks, man. Especially I'm winning on this money from SUNY, though. She don't, she don't accept EBT, man. She don't like what? What's that again? She don't accept EBT. <laughs> <laughs> she don't accept hey. EBT, bro. Hey, my guy Mo don't know Mark Dentures, man. <laughs> I haven't seen him in so long. He probably forgot who Courtney is, though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's you funny. know how how did y'all meet each other? You Courtney and and, and uh, King Mo. So Mo used to uh, work out here in San Diego. with train here in San Diego at the boxing club. Okay. And um, bro, I, like I said, I've been following him for like since he was before he even started fighting. And uh, he, was, he used to train here in San Diego, and I used to do this thing called Fighters KO, like, you know, uh, like documentaries and shit yeah. and, like, uh, interviews with fighters. Yeah. And he's one of the people I, I interviewed. Okay. You know, so this is probably, like, in 2000, 
Ooh, five, 2006. Oh, wow. What right. do you think, Mo? Was it 2006? When were you, when were you in San Diego? 2009. Okay. Yeah, 2009. Okay. 2010. Because remember, that's when Mayhem was training. Yes. And you ended Mayhem too at that gym. You're right. You're right. Mayhem Miller. Mayhem Miller was wow. there and okay. everything. He's trained everybody. Then he started, uh, then you went to what, Rain? You went to uh, Rain Gym in, in uh, was it Orange County or something like that? You started training there? I was there at Rain and uh, went train with Dean Lister some. So, you know, in California at that time, people used to bounce from gym to gym, you know, because there wasn't one gym at the moment where everybody did everything in. But train, the, um, I think Rain, uh, Rain tra- the training center at Rain, the Rain <laughs> yeah. Gym. Was that gym at the time, but but I went and got my boxing and everything else at other places, bro. And rain, bro. They was like everybody was there. It was Daniel DC was there before DC was famous or he wasn't even fighting. Really? So DC was in there. Rashad Evans was in there. Uh, Were Doom King Mo, bro. Everybody. Wow. Uh, Babalu, Babalu. Remember Babalu? Babalu was a brawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babalu was in there, bro. Yeah. Everybody was in there. You walk in there, it was just crazy. You know, we can't forget Mark Munoz is in there. Yeah, yeah, Mark Munoz is there too. Mark wow. Munoz, everything. Yeah, he owns the gym. Right, Mark Munoz owned the gym. Yeah, so yeah, that's why I, uh, I started just following him around. Cool fucking dude. I know a lot of people in MMA, but Mo always like super cool dude, bro. Like just right. down to earth, easy to talk to. Wasn't mm-hmm. like he, he was a superstar even like before he even started fighting. People know who he was, and he always a down down to earth dude, man. Right. You know what I mean? This this super fucking cool guy, and we always had kept our friendship. Right. You know, even even going through my, all my trials and tribulations, he's always been like super cool and down to earth and humble, which I appreciate you, Mo, one hundred percent, bro. You're a real cool dude, man. Hey, I'm I'm glad you manned up and <laughs> fought for your freedom, dog. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mo knows. I, I was a slave for a good four or five years, but you know, you know the backstory. Everybody knows the backstory of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, Mo's around. Take care. Say it again, Mo. Calvin, he is working for Calvin Candy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, man, we have a lot to talk about on this show tonight, man. A lot of going, a lot of things went down last week, you know. Yeah. Um, we have the person, perfect person on this podcast to talk about a lot of, this, especially boxing, because Mo is a really, really big uh, person who's into boxing and knows all the, you know, the fighters and everything. Who's your favorite fighter in boxing right now? Who's who? Who inspires you for in boxing? Man, that's a great question. Um, I like them all, man. Canelo, David Benavidez. You have Tiafima Lopez, Virgil Ortiz, Ron Ennis, Earl Spence. You know, there's a lot of fighters out there that are doing big things. Shakur Stevenson, Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, Alexander Usyk. You've seen Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. The list on Caleb Plant is out there. The Charlos are out there. Man, there's a lot of uh, Brian Castano. You know, there's a lot of good fighters out there right now. Um, boxing's hot. Actually, truth be told, combat sports. Combat sports are hot at the moment. Absolutely. Okay. So what what would you say what's hotter, boxing or combat sports right now? Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, MMA. It's all together. Because I- you're, seeing, you're seeing boxers <clears throat> train with MMA fighters. I seen a picture of Marvin Vittori training with David Benavidez. 
you know, you're seeing like just crossover, you know, everybody's working together because it's a community. <clears throat> There's always something you can learn. Boxing and wrestling are cousin sports. That's why you seen Triple G. He did Greco-Roman wrestling. So did Beboot Shimanov. You, you see a lot of Russian boxers understand hand positioning mm-hmm. and, and so on. So you'll see a lot of wrestlers that come from, um, <clears throat> that come from, um, see a lot of MMA fighters, Russians that come from uh, wrestling that come right into MMA, they have good hands because they just understand. It's their cousin sports. Mm. The footwork thing, you cannot cross your feet. You can't have bent you can't you can't have straight legs, stiff legs. You have to be in an athletic position. You know what I'm saying? So it, they're similar sports. It's just different forms of contact. So um you want to ask him anything? Well, no, I, I'm just interested in listening to him talk about this so right now. I got a, I got a question because, like I said, I'm lucky. I'm blessed to have a person who's really knowledgeable on this, both wrestling and, uh, I mean, MMA and boxing. Can I get your take on this Jake Paul and Tyron Whitley fight? What mm. what what is your take on that, bro? What what do you think Tyron Tyron Whitley did wrong? <clears throat> well, like Whitley was a he went out there fight hard. <clears throat> The only issue was he didn't have he did not have enough time to prepare for a boxing match. Um, I think that if he, if he would have had one more time, one more warm up fight, he would have had a chance to change his stance into a boxing stance. He would have had time to develop a jab <clears throat> because Woodley was a power puncher. He didn't have a jab. Well, in boxing, if you're facing someone that's taller and longer and maybe younger with better legs, you have to have a jab or you're gonna be there eating shots all day covering up, blocking. So, you know, it's just a few small things. Um, Woodley just, he had combat experience, but he, he did not have the boxing experience. And that was in the hands of uh, Jake Paul. <clears throat> yeah. Because I, I felt like Woodley could have did better, but I felt like he, was, he wasn't comfortable. I remember you saying that. Yeah, remember one of the podcasts? Like I was like, yeah. I felt like Woodley would have did better than, than what he'd done, but it's, it's a different sport. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's a... Of course, he's a power puncher. He's a stand-up fighter, but boxing is different. Do you do you agree with that? Oh yeah. Think about this. At the end of one round, Woodley went to throw a Superman punch. Yeah. Get <laughs> the boxing matches, but it happens all the time in MMA because with MMA you have more tools to open up things. In boxing, you have to use, you have to use your feet, hands, and your head. You know what I'm saying? But MMA, you use your feet, hands, head, elbows, knees, <laughs> use everything. So you have more set, you have more things to use the, you have more setups to get to the openings. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's why I felt too. Remember, I was saying this on the, on the other podcast. Yeah, yeah, you did say that. I was yeah. saying like, cause he's he's a wrestler, striker. So it's most of the time when he's fighting, it's more like he would jab and he's going for the takedown. Yeah, he's setting that up for the takedown. But my and my argument to that, King Mo, was that. I think while all of that stuff does matter, I think that him just having volume would have been, he would have had a better outcome in the fight simply just from doubling or tripling his output because he was only throwing like sometimes single digit numbers. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with that, right? <clears throat> He's been like that in MMA as well. Absolutely. So you can't, you can't, and that's why I said if he would have had one fight, maybe two fights, to acclimate his style and you know fight with more urgency and and use a jab then it, it, it would have been a different result but he didn't have that luxury of uh of the preparation time 
but what about this though? Willie wasn't a uh, he, his gas tank. He didn't have the best gas tank. So when you're doing the boxing, that's what he did eight rounds. He did eight rounds, yeah. But I thought I thought he looked fine cardio wise. Like you he think didn't so? look like he was tired. He didn't do anything. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why he didn't throw. He didn't throw enough. Um, he couldn't find his range. He couldn't get comfortable. So so Jake Paul was just throwing the shots and turning them. Flick, 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 throwing his jab, touch him, touch him, he turn him, and then clinch him once in a while. But uh, like I feel like if Woodley would have had an opportunity to uh, have a warm up fight, it'd be different. You really think so? If if he fought Jake Paul again, you think it would be a different outcome? Well, well, no, no, no. I don't know now because here's the thing: people are forgetting. Jake Paul has been boxing with boys, man. Michael Hunter, Kevin Newman, Jeleon Love, you know Keith Hunter. He's been sparring and training with like real legit boxers for years, the past few years now. So he has time on his hands to go in the gym, the Prince Rats Boxing Gym owned by, I think, uh, Bones Adams. And uh, he'll go to that gym, and I heard he works hard. My, my coach, Brother Fareed Samad, he's a guy that's one of my mentors. He told me, he said, no, Jake Paul is really trying to learn boxing. He's, he's in there studying. I'm watching him. And uh, that's the difference. You know, he can focus on one thing, Woodley spent years focusing on multiple things. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's one hundred percent true. Absolutely. So let's go to like the the uh, Jake Paul and if he's fight Anderson Silva, you think that'll be a different out, outcome? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> here's the thing. See, Anderson Silva has enough output, and he has enough slickness because Woodley was a was a puncher, wrestler. He could box these more of a puncher. Silva is a striker, slickster, and he's gonna be too slick for um for Jake. Jake Jake will be able to deal with that slickness. Now, if he goes to the gym and spars with, you know, Kevin Newman, Andrew Tabidi, Michael Hunter, and um, he'll gain some of that. But at the same time, they're not Anderson Silva, so mm. I think Anderson might be too much for him. But at the same time, you ju- you just never know because Jake is. He's out there improving. So, you know, I think I, I I favor Anderson Silva, but at the same time, you never know what's going to happen until they compete. That's true. And this one more question on this, then we'll kind of go to something else because we, we spend a lot of time on this. Would you consider, you know, entertaining a uh, – uh, would you do boxing? Because I know you did boxing and you're – you know, I remember watching you doing a lot of boxing training. Would you do a boxing match like that too? Mm. Nah, I'm retired, man. I'm good. You know, it's time for me to let the I'm I'm there to coach. I'm chilling. You know, let the young guys that have it in them to go fight, fight. I I don't have it in me. I'm I'm good. I'm chilling. Damn. So you you retire, retired, huh? Yeah. You know why, why not? Like you can't fight forever. Life goes on. You know what I'm saying? Like just like you can't be in your teenage years forever because mm-hmm. eventually twenty. So, um, so we also talk about this on the podcast as well. When is a good time for a fighter to retire? When did, when did you when did you know that it was a good time for you to retire? Mm, when I felt like not hurting my opponent. Mm. Damn. Like yeah, I was like, you know what? I get a good time training. I'm, and I'm like finding myself throwing my shots. I'm like, why am I not? I'm like, ah. Uh, uh, I'm like, maybe I don't have it. And, and I had some injuries and 
you know, I, I wanted to, I had fun training, but then just for some reason with my injuries and just, just my mentality started changing. So then I, that's when I knew it was time to go. Damn. That's crazy, man. Well, we appreciate you, what you contributed to the sport, man, Absolutely. because I don't give a fuck what nobody say, man. You're a legend in the sport, man. I see you, you accomplished a lot. You know what I mean? You don't have, I feel like you don't have too much to prove or anything to prove, but um, we're, like I said, we respect everything you've done in the sport and we appreciate it, man. Especially as a, as a wrestler coming into sport, uh, you made up you made up the money weight. I remember with King Mo, he'll yeah. fight heavy, <laughs> everything, homie. Yeah. Like, how did you do that? That's hard, bro, to, to fight at any weight. You know what I mean? That's crazy. Well, <clears throat> that's how I was in amateur wrestling. I mean, yep, yeah, freestyle wrestling. I wrestled at 84 kilograms. You know, I wrestled at 96 kilograms. So 84 kilograms is 184.8 pounds. Um, 96 kilograms is 211.8. And then at times I wrestled heavyweight. I wrestled a few times heavyweight. So I just didn't care because to me, I was like, you know, a match is a match. A fight's a fight. Go out there, compete, have fun, you know. It's whatever, you know. You win or you lose. Go out there and just see what you can do. So uh, your wrestling pedigree made you more comfortable fighting at, at, at uh, multiple weights. Well, when I used to wrestle, I used to wrestle and practice versus guys at heavyweight when I was 184 pounds. I used to wrestle Steve Mako, and he was the number one guy in the world. He used to kill me in practice. We used to do 45-minute matches, 90-minute matches, and I used to get smashed by that dude. But I just knew if I could hang with him or just be competitive or stay on my feet for 45 to 90 minutes with the 300-pound bear, then I'm, I, I could do that with anybody. So... I, I just wrestled whoever, man. I didn't, I didn't care. Then that's how it was when it came to fighting. I'm like, you know, fight. You're here to compete, get paid. You fight for money, you know. So just go out there and fight and have fun. That's you know? dope, bro. That's that dope. is dope. That's awesome. That's the legendary shit in its own. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Um, so I had a question for you. Out of out of all the fights you had, what would you say was your most memorable fight or the best fight you feel that you had so far man i'm real true i don't even know because i'm not i've done fighting i don't even look back on my career because mm. i'm i did it so like there's no reason for me to go back and be like hmm, i remember this day when i nah mm -hmm. to me it's all the, the same i felt pain every camp <laughs> I, Every camp, I hurt people in camp. You know, I was sore going to fights. I was sore leaving fights. You know what I'm saying? I got concussed many times. I threw out many concussions. I broke, you no, know, I hurt some bones. I hurt other people's bones. And you know, that's how it is when you fight. Give some, take some. Some others take more than others. Some others give more than others. You know, so I think I, I gave and take. You know, it's fifty. You know, Probably 70, 30, or 60, 40. But to me, it was all fun. It was worth it. Man, I would say, I remember I was a photographer at the time shooting most fights, yeah. and that's the most like emotional I would be. It's I was, it's so hard shooting at the same time. You know, the, the the person fighting and you trying to shoot. Yeah, that's the craziest shit ever, bro. Why is that though? Because you know, like I said, I have a I had a rapport with him. You right. have a friendship. Yeah. You know what I mean? So of course. You were like, go, Mo, swing low, hit him, Mo, he's, he's about to take you down, shit like that, you know right, what I mean? Right, but right. it's crazy, it's crazy, but like I say, man, we appreciate what you're doing. So, um, 
let's move on to like these some of these questions, bro. So, because we had a big week in uh, combat sports last week. Absolutely. You want to talk about this? Uh, this this well, fight. We, we gotta we gotta do. Classic fights. Okay, we'll go classic fights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I always I always go past that for some reason. I, I don't know why. I don't know. It's weird. Though. <laughs> it's weird. I always skip past that. So uh, on the on the on the on this podcast, we talk about classic fights. So Sunni uh, is going to pick his fight, and I'll pick my fight, and then we'll talk about it for sure. So I'll go with mine. Uh, this week I picked. This is my like my favorite fight of all time. Out of any combat sport, nothing. Your favorite fight of all of time. All fucking time. Stop, bro. Floyd Mayweather versus Arturo Gotti. I know. <laughs> I knew King Mo was going <laughs> to like that one. You know what I'm saying? But, man, that's one of my favorite fights of all time. And here's why. Because at that time, Mayweather was, you know, he was coming up. He was beating everybody up. And everybody thought that Gotti was going to be the one to beat him. And Mayweather was talking so much shit. He said, I'm going to whoop this dude. I'm going to beat him worse than he ever got beat in his life. And he put one of the worst ass weapons I ever seen in combat sports history on Arturo Gotti. <laughs> <laughs> to King Mo, you, I mean, I'm sure you've seen that fight. What do you think about that? I remember watching that fight in Texas. <clears throat> so it was crazy because I was with my, my stepbrother and some of my boys. And you could tell who was there watching to, to cheer for Ford. You could just tell. <laughs> I'm not going to say tell. And then when Arturo Gotti came out, he started chatting USA. Oh. Come on. <laughs> and when Floyd started putting them hands on Otero Gotti, <laughs> at one point, Otero Gotti got hit and looked away at the referee and Floyd hit him again. And then the people that started chatting USA started getting mad, started accusing Floyd of cheating. But he didn't but cheat because the referee didn't jump in the middle yet. Floyd whipped his tail, man. Like uh, Emmanuel Stewart picked Otero Gotti to win. Many people thought that Arturo Gotti would be too big and too rough and too physical for Floyd, but it ended up that Floyd was too skilled and too quick and, and too cunning. Yeah, man. that We got to sit down and watch that fight, Courtney. And, oh. and not only that, not only that, one of the greatest combinations I've ever seen. Oh, I didn't send it to you, Chris, because I'm pretty sure it's going to take that shit down. One of the best combinations I've ever seen witnessed in my entire life we're gonna post that shit on instagram floyd mayweather floyd mayweather hit this man in round six with some of the like i man (laughs) y'all just need to watch it bro (laughs) and i know king mo knows what i'm talking about i know you're talking about about. oh my god i don't remember that the exact combination i don't remember that but that whole fight he was getting busy he hit him with like three piece boom backed up then he came back in again Boom, and he's left hand, right hand, up and down his fucking body, bro. (laughs) Body head, body head. I was like, oh, my God. Y'all need to watch that shit. Anyways, what is your classic fight, sir? Well, I want to talk about that, too, because I I was saying, like, Floyd Mayweather, man, he's an alien, bro. He is an alien. I don't think the way his his reflexes, the way he can dodge. and He's a different kind of dude. He's a different human being. What do you you think? Uh, Have you trained with Floyd Mayweather? Because I know you're one of your coaches, uh, one of the, the Mayweathers, right? Yeah, it was Jeff Mayweather. Um, I trained at the gym. I've seen Floyd train a few times. I trained at the gym while Floyd was training before. Um, Floyd's a, he has a crazy VO2 max. He's like Lance Armstrong times three. Um, he never gets tired. He has a high lactic, lactic acid threshold. Um, man, he just he's strong. He has a strong um, mental stamina as well. Bro, half the shit you just said, I don't know what you just said. You speak in Japanese. He basically but called him a guy. I know. Like- <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that's a good fight, man. That's a good one. I like how you you you, you mixed up with some boxing. I just I good. did kickboxing before. Now yeah. I do boxing. You know what I'm saying? But you kickbox, kickboxing is kind of in the same realm as MMA. You know bro, what I mean? I grew, so, up, I grew up watching boxing. Me too, bro. Me too. Yeah. Or who's your favorite boxer then? My favorite boxer is yeah. Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, uh, it's between it's between Floyd and um. Fuck. Go ahead. I got to think about his name. John Jones. Get the your Ooh. favorite boxer or your favorite fighter? Boxer. John Jones? Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Roy Jones. I'm sorry. Roy Jones. I was like, wait, John Jones? This guy lost his hey, mind. Roy, Roy Jones. Jones is nasty. I think he's one of the most underrated boxers. He ain't underrated. Bro, he's, everybody he's not gives Roy Jones his guy. No, they respect. don't. No, they don't, bro. No, they don't. No, he they don't. lost his mind. Came out. He done lost his mind. Who well, said anything thing, bad about him? The problem is, is how he ended his career. So you think that's, that's why... That- he will forget, like, you know, think about this, right? When when Roy Jones was coming on, social media, well, actually, when Roy Jones started hitting the end of his career, that's when social media started picking up. Mm. So the highlight, um, like, if they had social media when Roy Jones was come, uh, was at his peak oh, in his God. Prime, come on. I make agree. TV show. I agree, because his, his combinations, bro, the, what he did in that ring, bro, Jeez, we, don't, we don't give him enough credit, man. I, I will give you that. He is... That's your favorite fighter, like over everything, is either Mike Tyson and and, and uh, Roy Jones. Wow. Okay. Because I remember as a kid, as a youth, bro, I'm, I remember two things as a youth with boxing. I remember when Mike Tyson fought, the whole fucking the whole town will stop. Yeah. The whole town. I'm from a I'm from Georgia. Yeah. So it's a small little country town. Yeah. Everything will stop when when Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson fight and Roy Jones. When those two people fought, everything stopped. Wow. And those are some of my permanent moments of boxing. So I mean, those are those are my two favorite fighters for sure. You have a what's your, who's your favorite boxer at all times? Um, <clears throat> that changes um, at times. It could be a young James Tony, Mike McCallum, Emmanuel Augustus, Larry Holmes, um, Sugar Ray Robinson, like Willie Pep, Nicolino Lachi, Mister Untouchable, um, you know uh, Floyd Canelo, David Benavidez, of course. Um, Pernell Whitaker, I love Tevin Farmer. I love watching Jerron Ennis. You Damn, know, Ward, I'm gonna stop. I, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you first started fighting, bro. You you was uh, heavily heavily influenced by what's that guy, the Drunken Master? Who's who's that? Uh, Emmanuel? Is it Emmanuel Newton? No. Who was he? A man. Augustus. Augustus. Yes. Emmanuel yes. Augustus. I mean Augustus. Bro, him and Floyd Mayweather had one of the best fucking fights ever, too. Yeah. My yeah. man was doing yeah. all his dancing and shit. He broke Floyd's nose. Bro, yeah. <laughs> I love that dude too, man. He's dope. I remember I remember Mo used to fight, fight like that in the ring. I was For like, real? oh shit. That shit is crazy. Yeah, man. You was that was pretty cool. So where I go to my classified. My classified was uh that's why I said John Jones, my fault. I John Jones and Gustafson. Gustafson. Yeah, you gonna pick John Jones at the at the at this fight at the Woods? I know. <laughs> you a fool, bro. You a wild boy. I know, man. bro. But I had to pick this fight, man, because I was trying to look up a good fight that I remember, and I remember this fight would have me on my knees, bro. Like just this was such a like a crazy freaking fight, and I I would say I really from the bottom of my heart I felt like John Jones lost that fight. You thought he lost that fight? You motherfucking right. <laughs> He lost that fight. King Mo, what'd you think about that? I'm gonna be real with you. Um I thought Jones might have just eked it out. He didn't have to win. You think so? 
Yeah, yeah, but the reason why, here's the thing, right? People are giving Gustafson extra credit because they weren't used to seeing Jones take that much damage. So they're like, oh my God, Jones is bleeding. Up. Just like when Floyd fought Cotto, Floyd beat Cotto, but the fact that Floyd's nose is bleeding for the second time in his career, people started tripping and they're giving, they're giving Cotto extra credit for the damage that was done rounds prior. Mm, I can see that. I can see that. I still. I don't care, man. I think John. Was right. <laughs> he said, "I don't care." No, nah, I look. I I thought John won that fight. That third round was kind of close, but I thought he won. I thought like like King Moses. I thought he eked it out. You think so? Yeah, I thought he eked it out. He ain't beat Dominic Reyes though, but he beat he beat. Gustafson. He didn't beat that. He didn't win that fight Stop. either. Stop it! I, and I like John Jones as a fighter. This guy lost his mind. I'm only, I'm only telling you the truth. Okay, <laughs> hey hey hey, Mo, I got another question for you, man. We're gonna hit you a lot of questions because I need to hear a different opinion because I be going at this fool all day. Um, we have a really crazy debate about uh, you have when you fighting, do you have to beat the champion? Do you believe in that? Like you know, when the boxing back in the day, like to you had to beat the champion for him to win. If you're as a contender, you got to beat the champion to be the champion. That's the same, right? Do you believe in that? I believe in it, but it goes both ways. <clears throat> you have to beat the person in front of you. Plain and simple, you have to win those rounds. Um, sometimes in MMA and in boxing, in combat sports, you'll see guys win the rounds but really lose the fight mm -hmm. if you know what i mean they'll win the rounds like johnny henderson's gsp that's a great example um i think gsp won the rounds but he lost the fight oh let me think about i agree that. i agree with that actually really i agree with that because because it's it's the same way if you look at it how the UFC does their judging versus how in Japan, how they pride did it. Yeah. Where they judge the fight as a whole as opposed to individual rounds. Yeah. Because if you remember when Rampage fought, I think it was Lyoto Machida. Yeah. He said in his mind he lost the fight because he's still thinking about how in pride as a total he lost the fight. But he had already won enough rounds to secure him the fight, even though he lost that fifth round and that fourth and fifth round pretty bad. Do you think there's a difference between um, uh, the way uh, combat sports? Is, well, we know that. What do you think about like fighting in Japan? Do you get more love in Japan than than actually in the states? Um, really, I get I get love wherever I want. You know what I'm saying? Like if I choose to say hey, but really, um, it's all I get love anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like love is love, really. Like when I go to Japan, I get respected. When I'm here in America. I'm treated with respect, so you know it's all good everywhere I go. Beekeeper Mo, this ain't the old Mo I know, bro. <laughs> Beekeeper Mo, <laughs> this is Beekeeper Mo. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. My dude, my dude over there growing fucking bees and honey and shit. <laughs> love, man. Come on, I remember Mo was be like a pit bull on people, bro. Now right. we got a Beekeeper Mo. I like this Mo, bro. I like this. You know, reincarnated. Yeah, you I like this. Think before you speak, and sometimes like. Back in the day, like, I was just kind of, like, I was hard-headed. I was hot-headed, too, so, like, I was real emotional with things. And people would say stuff, and I'd just snap right back. Now I realize, like, people's opinions really don't matter. They just don't. Ooh. I always knew that, but now, like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, okay. And I, I don't even, like, it's the point where I'm going to pay attention with drama, like, you know, Someone said Ariel, I'm like, 
Ariel versus Brandon Schwab. I'm going to tell you something. I know nothing about that. <laughs> Never heard nothing about it. So y'all can fill me in. <laughs> hey, I already know where you were, bro. You was in, in the backyard fucking with your damn bees and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's 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 jump into this first one. Let's um, jump in some questions, man. Are you going you going to talk? Okay. All right. No, no whatever you going. You we we'll, we'll take it where you want. Um well, I wanted to talk about uh that bare knuckle boxer uh Justin Thornton. Who oh, died. damn, that was crazy too. Yeah, bro. he got knocked out and then he died shortly after uh after getting knocked out at bare knuckle boxing. Sometimes that, that shit is crazy, bro. That bare knuckle boxing is wild, man. Like man. I'm all for, you know, I'm all for people fighting and doing whatever. But once you take the gloves off and it's just bare, it's something different about that shit, man. Yeah. Like, could, I don't know. It's something crazy about that to me. It's bar- barbaric, man. I would. I don't know about the word barbaric, but it just, it sound, it's like just watching somebody bare fist hit you and the slices open up. And it just, it feels, it just feels way different to me. Man, the only thing I don't like about bare, bare knuckle fighting is like when you see their hands after the fight, they be all Dude, swollen, yeah, be bro. Swollen up, man. Yeah. God damn, man. Are you into bare, bare knuckle uh, boxing? Well, <clears throat> yeah. The thing about bare knuckle, it's more primal, mm. you know. So y'all will watch fist fights, but the fist fights end in like a few seconds. The bare knuckle fights <clears throat> end in depending on which organization, two to three minutes per round. Um, I'm with it. I just feel like BKFC is a great organization, but sometimes they tend to have um, mismatches that are epic. Um, I like BYB as well. BYB is based out of uh, South Florida, and that's run by Dada 5000. And BYB is pretty entertaining as well. So when it comes down to it, I'm all for any type of combat sports that's regulated as long as the matchups make sense. Um, well, this matchup, they were saying, there was a controversy over this matchup. They were saying that he shouldn't have been in there. He shouldn't have been in there at all or with, nah. the, with the guy that he fought? Yeah, he, he was the guy he fought was had way more, had a lot more credentials than he did. Mm. So he was in there and he shouldn't have been in there. Damn. That's sad, bro. It and is he, sad. He was, in there, he was in the hospital for like a month or two too, bro, Damn. before he passed away after that. That's sad, yeah, that's, it's it's rough, man. But uh, you know what, though, and I think what's important for everybody. I know we on this show, you know, we talk shit back and forth, and you know, we laughing about different things. But at the end of the day, and I know this because I'm fighting now. But and and I know King Mo knows this, and I know you know this being around fighters a lot. Like we're literally putting our health on the line for entertainment purposes. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like so. Don't don't be too too harsh on these fighters online, especially you know you you literally spending money and time watching them, and then you going online talking shit like they didn't just lose some brain cells for for you know seventy dollars on pay per view for your entertainment for your entertainment. That's why I say, man, like with us, bro, with this with this podcast, we fuck around. This is like barbershop talk with us. We having fun, and we might talk some shit, but it's not like in you know we're not trying to disrespect people. We respect everybody. We respect these fighters and everything. Like I said, I know a lot of these fighters, these people have relationships with these people, you know, so I respect them. We just be talking shit, man. This, you know, what is what it is. It's yeah. crazy. You know what I mean? But, um, bare knuckle F's, what's it? BKFC? BKFC. These yeah. motherfuckers owe me like $3,000. Just let y'all know that. <laughs> y'all owe me three grand. I what need my money. What three grand for? Because I did a photo shoot and they didn't even pay me. Oh, man. <laughs> hey, chop hey, this look, shit up. King, King Mo got something to say. It, is that again? BYB 
bra- I think backyard brawl is Dada five Dada five thousand in them. Um, hit them up. See what um, they might use you for something, man. Uh, I know this. The last card I went to was pretty entertaining, man. Um, everybody was there, even AJ McKee, Antonio McKee, Luis Ortiz. I seen Lyndon Vassell there. Um, um, Yuli, I think Yuli Monster. It, it was pretty. Um, Joey Beltran and his uh his wife, um, Bertain. So yeah, man, it, it was pretty live that that weekend. Was Valerie there? That's the question. <laughs> Look, I'm a coach. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, come on, Mo, bro, get a brother in there, man. Stop playing. We got a decent report. How can we go back since the 2009, 2008, bro? You know what I'm saying? Almost 40, right? Huh? You almost 40, bro. I'm 40 now. Don't put my business on the yeah. street like that. <laughs> What's that again? You're too old, man. <laughs> Well, <laughs> you hear what I just said, bro? I said I'd be the sugar daddy, man. Come on. What? Come on, man. She don't know sugar daddy. She can just rob you. <laughs> she just be kick you in the face, take your wallet, your keys, your shoes, all that. Because you can't whoop her. I don't want to whoop her. And you know what I mean? I want her to beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> she might rob you instead. I want her to rob me, bro. That's the whole point. Take it, baby. All of it. Okay, just take just take your money and leave you leave you nothing. Leave you with nothing. <laughs> no, man. I'd be joking. I'd be joking. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can say it one more time, Mark. We can barely hear you. She's from South Florida. You know what I'm saying? They don't play down here. <laughs> so so you from the south, and what's different from the south in South Florida? Is it is it worse? I'm not saying it's worse. I'm just saying that, like, you know, she's Cuban, Cubano, or Cubana, what they say, and they don't play. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them vote for Trump. You know, so they don't play. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're that serious you vote for him. Yeah, you know, for real. Hey, 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 uh, uh, Mar- Mar- Jorge Masvidal, he voted for him, so it's all good, man. Shame. Shame, man. man Shame. He, he's serious, too. Master's all serious about that. A lot of the people like they love him and this they just love them some Trump. I don't but I don't get that, man. But you know, I you some I don't want to get into politics on this <laughs> shit, man. See <laughs> What was you gonna say? Go ahead. Say I was it. gonna say it though. I'm gonna say it. I'm I i do not disagree with everything Trump does. This is just, just some of the shit he be coming out and spews out of his mouth. I don't like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I can kind of see some of the stuff that he's saying. Uh uh I, I mean I like some of the stuff that he did, but Wait, as an immigrant like, as an immigrant, bro, how the fuck? Uh, came no, no, no. Tell me what you like that he's done. I'm just wondering. I mean, I always like I said, I don't even want to get too deep into, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I man, this is the same. This is, when we start going down that road. Hold on, King look, Mo, look. I want to hear. I want to hear what you guys say. Go ahead, King Mo. What you guys say? You see, you see, it's Sunny going fucking. Uh, he going to instigate mean? this hey, shit. I just want to talk, know what you gotta say. Talk, nigga. Talk, talk, <laughs> talk. You know, go ahead. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Say, just say what you like that he's done. Say, t- say three things. Well, I mean, I like I like what he did for the military because I shoot for a lot of uh, military people, the veterans and things of that nature. I like the I like when he's uh, he supported the military. I do think border patrol is a, is a problem for sure. Um, I I don't know. 
I don't think, like I say, I don't disagree with the border stuff that he was he was talking about. It's the his, the way he said it, like he was saying shit, like you know, when Mexico come here, they bring all the worst. That's not fucking true, right? That's not true, right? But yes, we do have a border problem because if you go to any country, bro, you go to you go to any country, it's hard getting, bro. I travel the world, it's yeah. hard getting into these these countries. Yeah, or they'll charge you a shitload of money to come there, or they, it's a, it's a rigorous uh, uh uh process to go through these countries. Yeah, with America, it's easy to come through here. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and I think if there's a lot of people just come uh through through these borders, and if it's not like you know maintained, right, it's gonna be a so problem. Ask, what about this? Um, Oh, quick question! Like, so should we build a wall with Canada? Just wondering. I don't know. I mean, I've done like America too. No, I mean, I mean, we. If you go to Canada, bro, you already know it's it's hard. You can't. It's hard getting into Canada. It's hard. You can't even just walk in or going through the going through Canada. They're gonna ask you a million freaking questions. They're gonna harass you. Then they'll. Then when you go into Canada, they're gonna take fifty percent of whatever you do. America is not like that. What's your third thing? The third thing, man. I'm, I mean, at the top, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not even thinking about politics right now, but <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I do. All right. That's all I was wondering. What, what is your take? You want to, you want to talk about it? About as far as what? Trump. Okay. Like what you want to ask me? Did you, did you, did you, is, well, I already know. I already know. I, I talk to you all the time. I already know your stance on Trump, bro. So we don't even got to go that far. It's all good, man. <laughs> <laughs> But I do like this beekeeper mode, man. I mean, hey, I'm your I new name. That. Hey, Mo, change your Instagram handle to, handle to beekeeper Mo. Be- peacekeeper Mo. <laughs> peacekeeper. <laughs> All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, so this is actually a good one. I, I, I'm wondering about this as somebody who's trained and, and fought for a really long time. Um, I feel like it's a common thing that comes around where people talk about how hard fighters are sparring. Yes. So, first, I want to get King Mo's opinion before I say before well, I say anything. I want to tell you, I was around this dude a lot. He's a hard sparer. Okay. Oh, this is why I can't. Okay, yeah, because yes. of Strickland, and that wasn't that long ago either. That's in San Diego. Yeah, I know. And I will tell you the backstory on this. Um, uh, what's his name came in doing a photo shoot, mm. and he didn't know that he didn't supposed to uh, fight. I did a photo shoot with him that day after this, right? Mm-hmm. And he was all busted up. Eyes all cut up and everything from sparring. From sparring, this sparring session. Oh, this, and you supposed to do a photo shoot. With I him. did a photo shoot with him <laughs> that day, right after this, right here, after oh this, after this, this re recorded. Oh and he didn't, he didn't supposed to be going that hard. He was supposed to be light sparring, and he's out of shape. So he said he just came from you know wherever he, his his country. And he yeah. said, bro, I'll just just coming in. This was light spar, and this happened. So he was out of shape. He's like two fifty at the time. Yeah, the dude Strickland sparring. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yes. That's so crazy. So. So wait, wait, sorry, okay. Sorry, Emiliano, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emiliano is so dope. He's a cool ass dude, and he's not. He's like you, Mo. He's he's not like a really confrontational guy, you know. He's more like more professional. So, but what does that have to do with sparring? So this right here, the whole topic where we're talking about mm-hmm. hard sparring mm-hmm. is that a lot of people look down on hard sparring and vice versa. You know, old school style of sparring, going one hundred percent every day. Vice versa. I ain't gonna lie so, too. Okay, go ahead. This is the reason why I didn't want to get into MMA because when I was uh, training to do MMA, mm-hmm. this I was this I had to go in and had to spar all the time, hard like. And this. they were sparring hard like that. All they were sparring hard all the time. I felt like a pit bull in the cage. Yeah, I wasn't learning anything. Yeah, they just throw me in the cage. And War Machine was my coach at the time mm-hmm. at Undisputed. 
no disrespect to War Machine because he's a dope ass dude. Mm. Um, I'm just beside the other shit that yeah. happened, you know what I mean? <laughs> but <laughs> so War Machine would just throw me in a cage, bro, and I would spar hard every day. Yeah, like I'm um, two, two or three times a week. Yeah, and I was like, nah, damn, bro. That's like I'm like I'm not learning something. I'm just in here and just bar fighting all every every day. Right. So you know, get my head just getting knocked out. You know mm. what I mean? Not knocked out, but you know, just fighting all the time. Just yeah. without me learning anything, I didn't want to do it. Okay. So wow, that's what deterred that. me from MMA. Interesting. That's wow. why I didn't. That's why I didn't want to be a fighter anymore. I was like, bro, I'm just gonna just gonna throw me in a cage and fight every day. King Mo, what's your opinion on this? What's your thoughts on, on hard do you, sparring? Do you think hard sparring is, is is essential or is it something that, you know, should be... Because I remember... I ain't gonna lie. I remember seeing you spar pretty hard a lot too, bro. Well, the thing is, you spar as hard as your sparring partner wants to go. But for me, I think sparring is simulated fighting. Smart simulated fighting. So if you're gonna go hard, wear bigger gloves, wear headgear, wear elbow pads, wear shin guards, we're knee pads, you know. Um, but I, I don't think it's really necessary for you to go that hard. Um, just go smart. Simulate the fight. <clears throat> Handicap yourself here and there. So once once in a while, like when I used to spar, I'd come in with 20-ounce gloves, and I just my, my boy Gary Clark would be like, Mo, this round, I just want lead arm attack. So jab or left hooks. Okay, next round, body shots and right hands. So I just we just handicap ourselves, you know what I'm saying, in certain ways so we could build skills. Because if you just said, Mo, go out there and fight, then somebody's getting hurt or I'm not learning or my partner will not learn. So you have to realize, like, you know, practice is just practice. We're not trying to go out there and win the Olympics or win any world titles. You're trying to use practice to get to the point to win world titles. Gotcha. Hey, one thing I, I remember vaguely, I didn't understand at the time, and I wanted to ask you this. I never really asked you. Why did you spar like heavy people all the time? Like, I remember you sparring like <laughs> we're doom and shit like that, like going hard, like being the shit. Oh, I ain't gonna, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why did you spar with doom, man? Like, and stuff like that, bro. Bro, let me tell you. Stupidity. <clears throat> because, see, that's the same way I was in wrestling. In amateur wrestling, I weighed 184 pounds, but I wrestled 184, 211 heavyweight. So then I took that same mentality to MMA, but man, like there are times me and Verdun would go at it. Man, he whooped me out. Man, he whooped me a few times. I gave him some shots, but man, like. That's not true. Yeah. yeah you know what I'm saying? Like, no, no, I'm just saying, like, he, like, you know, back then, when I first got into MMA, like uh, the sparring was just hard, just because people weren't that educated on sparring and head trauma. But <clears throat> as studies and uh, people started to train more, and and more research literature was out there on head trauma, people started to change their ways. There's still people out there that train stupid, but for the most part, you see people training smarter. I remember vaguely, bro. This I want to throw this out here because this is I've seen this person, but I ain't gonna going to detail about it mm. but i remember seeing king mo and rashada evans in his prime spar it was going hard my guy it was the i would have paid anything <laughs> at the time to watch that again <laughs> that shit bro i'm talking about i don't care what mma fight you've seen well i ain't gonna say it, but it was i would have paid money to watch this bro 
them two motherfuckers sparring? Really? That shit was the best shit I ever seen in my life. As an MMA fan, seeing these two technicians, because they're both wrestler strikers at right. the time. So they're both, it was competitive. And let me tell you, bro, nobody was like, this is when Mo was like, you know what I'm saying, hardhead Mo, like, you know, going at it, you know. Them motherfuckers was sparring, bro. It was the best thing I ever seen in my life. I couldn't even shoot it. Bro, <laughs> that, that, so there was a time, uh, well, this was like 2000, 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I start, I went up to, to AKA and I was training for a little bit. That's when I met Javier. Yeah. And I was up there for almost a month, right? And the whole time I was up there, I'm watching DC and Kane mm-hmm. fight each other. Yeah. Two to three times. Like, literally, bro, they got headgear on, elbow pads. They got fucking boxing gloves on. And they are trying to kill each other. I'm watching them slam each other all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like, bro, they was heavyweight title fight yeah. every fucking weekend, bro. I see I that. was like, holy shit. And the whole, the whole gym will stop. Bro, no one's sparring. I'm We're all you. watching them. Like, yep. there's nobody, bro. I like I like you said. I would pay money for that shit. Yep. Because I've seen them spar before too. It gets real serious. Yeah. I even both seen competitive ass dudes. Bro, I even seen DC before DC was famous spar with Mo. Word. Hey Mo, you a cold piece. That's all I'm saying, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you a cold piece, man. Hey, I seen Mo. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna put no names out there, but. You know, I'm being 100% real, bro. I seen Mo put hands and beat the shit out of a lot of people. Your favorite, fav- your favorite fighter. I seen Mo do it. I believe it. For sure. For <laughs> sure. But then our next question, though. And Mo, you want to you wanna touch on that before we go to the next uh, next topic? Nah, man. Like, sparring hard is stupid. Spar smart. It's all about being smart and training. Smartness will get you far. Oh, wait. Uh, Suni, did you... Give we have some people in the comments that want to know what you think uh, about what about sparring hard. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't say um, <laughs> because we know firsthand. First of all, that's Ron. Um, all right. So my thoughts on sparring hard. I think you shouldn't spar hard a lot, but I do think it is necessary. Um, like let's say you have a fight camp and you know two weeks ahead of time that you're going to be fighting, you should probably get like. Three, three hard sparring sessions in where you're like almost fighting, so you know what it is that you're doing. But like King Mo said, put the big gloves on, you know, headgear if you need it, elbow pads, knee pads, everything, right? But on a regular basis, if you're on your, you know, day to day, you know, weekly sparring, two three times a week sparring, that should be light, like no more than fifty percent. Y'all should be going, and if you're gonna go hard at all, it should be hard. To everything except for the head. So you can throw hard body shots. You know what I'm saying? You can throw hard leg kicks, all of that type of stuff. But head kicks and punches to the head, all of that type of stuff should shouldn't be, like I said, more than 50, 60%. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And I right. know why Ron brought that up, but I'm not gonna tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks like you you're lying, Sunni. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even entertaining Nick either because I know I know why he said that too. But let's yeah, let's go King Mo. Anything you gotta say? <laughs> well, I'm gonna be real with you. The reason why I don't think it's worth even sparring hard at all is because some people are very competitive, and they will do whatever it takes to get the edge. So instead of wearing 16 or 18 ounce gloves, they might just come wearing 14s. Mm. <clears throat> you know. 
and you know, and that's what that's what you see that happen all, a lot. I see, I see that happen all the time. So I, I feel like you know, if you know your partner and you have an understanding, hey, we'll go hard, but I'm hurt here. I know you're hurt here. I won't attack these points. Okay, but some people don't get that understanding because they just go into a gym and they're like, hey, where's the work at? And then they get slept. <laughs> now that I agree with. You go into a gym acting crazy, you might get knocked out that day. Man, that's way, that's, that's <laughs> MMA gyms for sure. Boxing, you know I mean? yeah, boxing gyms too. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. What would you say, King Mo? Boxing gyms are worse by yeah. far. They ain't playing with you over there. You come in there with that bullshit. They gonna have they gonna have niggas lined up <laughs> to beat your ass. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of egos in that gym for sure, bro. Um. So another thing that happened, uh, that I know why people keep bringing this up. Actually, so Dominic Cruz and that comment where he said that Connor was trying to gas Khabib out when he was on the bottom getting smashed. So look. I understand. We could talk about this, right? But first of all, I know why this keeps coming up because the UFC keeps putting that goddamn fight up on YouTube. So all these people are getting to see it again and then they're hearing his commentary again because they just posted it again four days ago. So that's why, because it was the anniversary or three year or whatever the fuck it was. Bro, I mean, I'm tired of hearing about this. It's so dumb, like MMA fans sometimes, bro. Like, they see things <laughs> and I feel like they follow other people and it becomes trendy and then people don't, people are followers. The same thing with the whole Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. in Joe Rogan ass saying that he don't have the credentials. People are saying now Joe Rogan have to have the credentials to call the fights. He don't have the credentials to yes, call because the fights. Yes, because he even fought. He, even, he never fought before. Joe Rogan did fight. No, he never fought. Joe Rogan was a kickboxer. He never did MMA, but he was fighting kickboxing. No, he was like training or something like that. Bro, Joe Rogan used to, he is a kickboxer. He used know. to fight. I don't know. But they're saying the that. Look at Box Rec. Because the thing is that Box Rec and some other um, search, search engines, if a person has a fight record, you can type in their name. Just go to Google and type in Joe Rogan fight record. Because mm. if he fought kickboxing, pull up. You know, I don't know if he did, but you know, He's seen enough fights. He's trained. So, you know, when it comes down to calling fights, anybody can call fights. Anybody can call them. You know what I'm saying? If if now, if if you're doing a good job, you're doing a good job. If you ain't good, then you're not good. Yeah. Well, the whole thing with uh, Dominic Cruz, because he was saying that uh, he felt like Connor was trying to like, you know, tire him out. You know what I mean? And which I I can understand that because I'm not gonna lie, bro. When I was watching the fight, I was thinking the same thing. I I understand. I go ahead. Sorry, Kimo. No, go ahead. Like, why? Why were you thinking the same thing? Just wondering. Because I was thinking this. Because when he was um, when he fought Khabib, uh, Khabib the first time, usually Conor would come out. He Conor, you know, Conor has one a good two rounds. Yeah. In his first, that he's gonna come out full full steam in those first two rounds. And that first round, Conor didn't come out full steam. He came out halfway. No, nah, he came out full steam. No, nah, but, nah, but Khabib, but he he slowed down though because Khabib took him down. But but. Took him down, but it seemed like he wasn't going full, like like a full Connor. Okay. So I felt like that too. I was like, maybe he just trying to like, cause he it's a five round fight. Mm. So I said, maybe he just trying to uh, uh, get get Khabib a little tired or whatever that so is. This is what I I was. Saying. I was thinking of that. I think that the I think that what the reason why he's saying it and the reason why you guys are saying it makes sense. Yeah. I think it was poorly timed because of, in that moment, Khabib is smashing Connor's face in. But, and then you make the comment, oh, I think he's trying to make him tired. And then Joe Rogan was like, no, I think he's getting his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. So I think, that's what I think. I think it was the Joe Rogan rebut rebuttal that made it made it look bad. 
You know what I mean? Because I think it was poor. If he would have said that, it's the first the round though. No, that was the second round when he said that. No, it was the first it round. The, I just watched it. Okay, two second days round. Ago. Okay, second <laughs> round. Second, it was the second round, okay. right? But if he would have said that, made that comment in the third round, as the third round started, mm-hmm. and Connor did look fresh in that third round, he was. I think that's the round he won, right? Uh, could be one. No, no, I'm saying he won the third round. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if he won the third round, that's the time to make that comment. Like, wow, maybe he was. Holding back and and well, saving some energy, but I think in that exact moment, Connor's getting his face beat in. That's probably not the best time to say. But at the same time, like it, you, all fairness, it's during the fight, so it's not like we watch the fight then we can have the opinion of what's going on after the fight. So of course we can re- of critique course, it absolutely. You know what absolutely. I mean? So now we have the time to think about it. Right? He's watching this live, so he's only giving his analysis of what is going on live. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I think but the reason most, why is because it was poorly timed, and then it keep people keep putting it out, so they keep. You know, talking right. shit about it. And I think most people are talking shit about it because afterwards you watching the fight and now you can critique the fight. Right, right, right. So it's, a di- it's different from watching it and you and you breaking down the fight live, you know, watching it you know, not on TV or anything, 100%. right in front of you in the cage. I agree. That's a different experience. Right. So he's watching it live, so he's giving his critique. And these motherfuckers think they're smarter than Dominic Cruz? Oh, no. None what the fuck? Are. None of them are. <laughs> y'all motherfuckers think y'all smarter than Dominic Cruz. You, you're going to sit here and argue with one of the, the brilliant minds in this fucking game, a, a undefeated, undefeated fighter for almost 10 years, yeah. a legend in this fucking sport. You think you're smarter than him. Hey, man. I don't know what they be thinking sometimes. Yeah, I can't stand these fucking fans, man. <laughs> hey, do you, have you, did you see that fight more at all? Or? You know what? I saw the fight, but I think that you, I think everyone's kind of wrong a little bit in a sense. And I'm going to put my own spin on it. <clears throat> So when Conor McGregor fought Chad Mendez, he kind of roped with Chad Mendez. Remember, he got beat up and he was getting pummeled. And Chad Mendez gassed out trying to pummel him and got stopped. So that's the only thing I can think of because Conor has a he's a strong will, he's a solid chin, he's pretty durable, and uh, he could he could come from behind with one shot. He is he's like that Deontay Wilder factor with the one shot. So maybe he was trying to foreshadow hey. If Habib gets tired or um, gasses himself out trying to finish Connor, he could overexert himself and get stopped if mm-hmm. Connor gets back to feet. Maybe that's what he was trying to foreshadow or hint to, but it just came off the wrong time. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, I can see that. I can yeah. see that too. So I think we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. We, we all understand why he said it. Right. It's just, you know, people are going to do what they want to do. I got a question <laughs> though, Wayne. This is off, off subject go ahead, too. Go ahead, go ahead. Cause I mean I'm excited I got Mo on here absolutely. So uh, since we're talking about Khabib, mm. do you think since you're a strong wrestler, high pedigree wrestler, do you think GSP in his prime could beat Khabib? Uh, what, what what weight class? Because here's the thing: like it's hard to determine because 155 and 170 are two different weight classes. Um, they're both diff- two different builds, two different speeds. Um. I don't know. Habib's hands started getting better towards the end of his career. Um, I think at the same weight, Habib beats him because he's you know more advanced, and Habib has seen everything GSP has to offer. Um, GSP has never seen anyone like Habib or close to Habib. Um, Habib has never seen anything like anyone like GSP. But the thing is, Habib has trained with multiple you know high level wrestlers. Um, I, I just it's something about Habib. He's just he's just um, special type of athlete. Um, but you know, I, I, at, at the same weight, I favor, um, I favor Habib, but the thing is, you have to realize when guys are training for fights, 
You think George, if George is going to fight Habib with 70, you think George would come in small? No, he'd probably bulk up and train and do the right things, get, the, get with the right team to make sure they can be strong enough and have the um, the um, the conditioning to um, put away Habib. You know what I'm saying? So you have to take, you know, it's with the way sports science has come along, it's come so far that like a training, a, a, you know, a, a training camp, a strength coach, a diet now can change a fighter. Interesting. Interesting. Absolutely. I, I always wondered that, like a high level wrestler, because mm. Khabib is like Habib. I don't know how to pronounce his name, how mm. people pronounce it, but uh, I think that he's he's a grappler, you know. But he has that different level of just, you know, destroying you on the ground. Yeah. But can he beat a high high level wrestler like a Mo or or you know or somebody like a GSP or of that nature? You know what I mean? You know, here's why I would say I think that he could, mm-hmm. that he could, like you know, and I'm agreeing with King Mo because. I think when we and I'm only doing this because I'm comparing someone that Khabib trains with to someone that he fought. So Islam recently fought this guy uh, Arman. I don't know how to say his last name. I believe he's from Iran. Right. Right. Yes. And and so when they fought, that was like one of the best grappling fights like I've ever seen because they're both fucking Islam and this guy are high level grapplers, right? Mm And they were going back and forth, but Islam started to catch on and he started to dominate him later on in the fight, right? So if Islam, if Khabib is better than Islam and they just had that kind of wrestling battle, mm-hmm. we know what kind of wrestling Khabib has. Right. So in my mind, I'm like, if if Khabib is better than Islam and Islam is doing this to one of the best wrestlers in the division, how can he not do this to anybody else? He should be able to do this to anybody else. Mm. I like I one of the things I obviously I would love to see that GSP fight but I would also like I would pay m- all the money in my bank account to see him versus Usman. Well, I've been taking a lot of your money so I don't know. You have that. <laughs> well, I guess I got to call you for the loan. Yeah, you know what I mean? I got you, baby. I got you. I give you. I need 10% back though. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, I agree with you 100%, bro. I give, I agree with you. So, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, so I'm gonna be honest. I'm like King Mo. I didn't really know nothing about this Brendan Schaub and and Ariel Hawani thing God. that's been going on. <laughs> are you are you growing breeds too in your backyard? Nah. God damn. God. So maybe you maybe y'all Chris and <laughs> and, and, and Courtney y'all can fill us in because I don't know nothing about this. All right, man. I like Brendan Schaub, man. That's my boy, man. Um, He's a cool dude. So sure. what happened was I let you. I feel you, man. What's going on? So I guess uh, Ariel uh, Hawani has been getting bashed in the media from Joe Rogan. And since, okay, of course, since Joe Rogan said something about him saying that he was difficult to work with, with other people and other agencies since he quit uh, ESPN, ESPN MMA. Yeah. He was saying like the UFC, Dana White, nobody liked him because he was taking information and leaking it before, you know, before it came out. Right. And he's difficult to work with, with other people. Mm. That's what Joe Rogan said on this podcast. Right. Then of course, Brennan Schaub said something on his fighter and a kid or below the belt or whatever it was. Right. So Ariel Hawani got upset and start firing back. Oh Lord. So now it's it's a war between uh Ari Hawani and they're being and, serious about this. Oh, this is this is serious. Oh. Okay. This is serious. So I don't know anything about Ariel behind the scenes. I only know about what people say. You you got a little bit more But the thing is they're saying now what's kinda in what Brennan Schaub is saying, he was saying that pretty much somebody like me who would never have fight experience, mm-hmm. like actual fight fight, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be talking about fighting. I don't agree with that. You know I don't what I mean? Agree with that. Because we don't know what it takes to be a fighter. 
So that's why that this this subject is up. Do you do what do you think about that, Mo? I mean, no disrespect. I mean, this is me. I never like actually I'm not a professional fighter like how you guys are. Right. Do you think that people who are in the media, like journalists or anything like that, do we think do you think that we have a, a place in, in uh MMA I'll, to talk like the podcast or journalists? I'll let King Mo go with that one first. I mean, no, like yeah. I said, no disrespect to me. Yeah, I think everybody anybody has a voice. <clears throat> I just think that for some media I think it's different, like for some media to bash fighters, especially the media's never fought before to to critique a fighter on his technique when they have never fought before. That's a different, you know, different topic. Um, but for the most part, anybody is welcome to speak about MMA. You can bash who you want, just like I can go to someone's job and bash what they do, you know. But I'm not going to. So uh, you know, I feel like anybody, anybody, and everybody has a voice now. You know, social media is out there. You know, some people, if you're good enough, they'll listen. But for the most part, most people are not good enough. So you can do what you want. Media, he, a lot of people, media, just do what you want. And that's what the whole Joe Rogan thing, I think, started stemmed from as well. That's why kind of people are bashing Joe Rogan as well. Because, because they're saying that he never actually competed in the cage. You know what I mean? So He's never fought MMA, but I, I can promise you that he's fought. But but what I will say is but I, I got comments in the, in my DMs and, sh- and stuff like that, too. Uh, people, that you know, you know, people in the comments and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I don't care. But I, I feel like, you know, what we're saying, like, this is more like barbershop talk. You know what I mean? And but we're even, just having fun. But even then, but, right? I, I just here's why. I'm agreeing. I agree with King Ball. I think everybody should be allowed to speak on something that they love. Right. Yes, yes. So if you're a fan of MMA or a fan of boxing or a fan of anything, you have like, sure, you can have a voice and you can talk and have conversations about these things. But it's a, like like King Mo said, it's a difference when you're critiquing somebody maybe for like heart or something that they said or the way that they're acting, things like that. Right. But it's another thing to talk shit about somebody's technique or why didn't they do X, Y, Z? They could have just done it. Like, bro, you don't know. You well, don't know what the hell. You, what are you talking about? Oh, they, they. why didn't they just? You never fought before. You never been under Khabib before. So you don't even know. I agree with that. What it is. So, but I think what what uh, Brennan Schaub and Ariel are arguing about based on what I'm, what I'm hearing is just that Ariel may not respect the fighters for, for what they are. I've never heard him personally critique any fighter's technique or anything like that, but maybe some of the shit that he's saying is, is disrespectful. I'm not sure. Well, what about this, though? I agree with you, and I agree with both of you guys, but I also have a question of this. If that if that's the rules, then what about being your coaches? So you're saying that, what about your coach? If your coach haven't pr- com- uh, competed in an MMA fight, mm. would you listen to your coach? Or there's does plenty, he have, Bro, there's does, plenty of coaches. That okay, so fight. what's the difference between uh, uh, Joe Rogan or Ariel Hawani well, Talking the, on a, but I'll tell you, he's actually coaching you. He has no no experience in the in the cage. I'll tell you the difference. Well, let's let 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 oh, let Timo go. Go ahead, uh, Kimo. Hey, okay, no, go ahead, go ahead, man. No, no go ahead, go ahead. Go so first. I will tell you the difference. The difference to me between somebody like a Joe Rogan and an Ariel Hawani is Joe Rogan trains. Joe Rogan has fought before. Joe Rogan loves the actual sport. There's a difference for I think uh, Ariel because Ariel he loves the sport from the position of a journalist. He doesn't love the sport from the per- from the position of somebody like Joe Rogan who actually loves martial arts. Yeah. And I think when you study martial arts and you study fighting, people respect you more because you 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 have shown that you invest time in learning about what it is that you're talking about. Yeah. Versus Ariel who probably has never stepped in a gym, probably has never trained a day in his life. So he yes, he may love the sport, but he doesn't love it to the point where he's training, where he's you know, wanting to fight where he's 
actually learning techniques and learning what jujitsu is, what MMA is, what uh, uh, Muay Thai is, boxing, etc. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So in my opinion, that's what I think. The, why the respect level is different. Mm. Okay. Okay, so I think you're wrong on that, man. Ooh. Okay. Because think about this, right? Dana White never was he fought because Joe Rogan looked it up. He fought as an amateur. So he had two as two and one as an amateur. He's good, you know. He right. got, he stepped foot in the white. But did Dana White ever step in the ring? Does could you question because you can't question a man's love for a sport because he never stepped foot in the ring. You know, like mm. Dan White stepped in the ring. He is aerial, but I can't say they both don't love the sport. You know, just because you train in it doesn't mean you love it. Some people just train because they want to stay in shape. You know, well, I think my biggest thing not not necessarily that they're training, but that they've studied the sport and they they studied everything that's happened. That's why, like, people respect boxing historians. You know what I mean? Like, they those guys have jobs because they've took the time to study all of fighting. Not just like the top people, but they've studied all the fighters, watched everything, see everything. And I think was, there's a difference. Ariel has too, man. Don't get it twisted. Look, okay. so here's the thing, right? I'm, a, I'm a, like, I'm, a, like, I'm. When it comes to combat sports, I'm, I kind of remember some things. And I remember talking with Ariel, and Ariel's pretty knowledgeable in combat sports and in pro wrestling. Um, I can't knock Ariel at all. Um, it's just that some people, you know, just want to have I know I, I, some people just want don't want to like somebody for a reason I'm not saying that's you guys but this beef for some reason it is what it is but when it comes to coaching anybody can be a coach you do Greg Jackson never fought you know Joe Calzaghe his dad was his coach his dad was a musician he never fought before now as a coach all we do all we are is we're got we're another set of eyes that we give you our best piece of pieces of advice to help you win a fight because we're, we're, we're giving you advice based upon what we see and what we've been through. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes like, you know, um, some people can explain things better than others. You know, there are people out there that never fought before, but if they're seeing something, they can tell you, Hey, watch out. He's dropping his left hand. Do what you do from that. You know, he's throwing his jab slip to the right. Or drop underneath that, you know. So some people, they might not have ever fought before, but they have a mind to tell you what's going on. They can they can calculate certain things and express what they see in their head, and you know, and give you the right advice to win a fight. So, so Mo, what you're saying is that you necessarily don't have to have experience in the cage to be a great coach. You can also just be. You just articulate yourself from what you see in, in, in the uh, from other fighters, uh, what you experience uh, coaching other fighters or watching. So you can you can also be a high level. Because m my thing with you is you've been through it all, you've seen it all. I feel like I do feel like as a, a experienced athlete, you can you can uh, steer a fighter in a in a better way because you experienced it personally firsthand sure vice 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 versa of somebody right. who just actually looking at it yeah you know what i mean you can you can add more to that fighter because you know how it is to be fatigued mm -hmm. or, or or you know experience experience a bad weight cut like you because you've already been there you, you can you experienced relate to it right you relate right. to it right like for me i haven't mm. you know what i so mean you wouldn't have very much advice to give i can only tell you from what i see i, I observed right so it'd be different but but there's another thing too though and i and i know king mo would probably agree with me everyone who has fought and maybe even were great fighters cannot always be great coaches. 
because they may not be able to articulate themselves and tell, you know, uh, their their student uh, or their fighter like, hey, you need to do X, Y, Z, because maybe for them it was natural. You know what I mean? And maybe they don't understand it in that way that they need to, that they're able to break it down to somebody else. Um, and I think for the most part, and I could be wrong, but most of the, the great coaches are people who either have not reached like the highest levels in their sport and some of them haven't even fought. Greg Jackson. But here's one, one thing one thing that you have to realize though. Greg Jackson is a great speaker, but the thing is like when it's time when, when shit gets real and it's two rounds to two and we're coming to the fifth round. With me, I could be like, hey man, I know what you fuck. I know you're tired. I know the lactic acid in your shoulders is built up. I know you're sore, your hands sore, your shins are sore, but hey, we need this round. You need your whole check. You need this win. We need that belt, right? Now, that's different. You know, now, imagine if a guy who's never fought before got in your face and was like, hey, dig deep. I mean, you're just tired. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, your hands are sore, but, I mean, you can still grab. Well, well if your hands are that sore, you're not grabbing shit. But a, a man with experience or a woman with experience could, could could help you think of other ideas and other ways to maneuver around that to help you get that victory. Bro, and you know what? I love what you just said. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that reminded me of one of the craziest things I ever heard in what's, the corner. It was that? from Greg Jackson. When uh, GSP came back to his corner, I think it was when he was fighting Tiago Alves maybe, he had tore his groin. Mm. And he went back to the corner and he told Greg Jackson, I think I tore my groin. And Greg Jackson goes, I don't give a fuck. Take your groin out and throw it at him. I don't care. Damn. <laughs> man. Okay, well, you remember that shit? <laughs> I remember that, man. You know, but, like, you know, I think it was later rounds. And you're like, hey, man, we're up. What, what, what else? What, you want to you lose? You want to forfeit? That's not an option. So go out there and fuck your groin. Fuck your hand. We want to get that victory. So go out there and do what you got to do. If you need to get a takedown or a circle and and just avoid getting the punt, getting hit and taken down, then do what you got to do. But the W is a must. That's crazy. But on the flip side, Greg Jackson, Greg Jackson, uh, he has uh, he has you know grown some crazy champions in that Absolutely. gym. Him and uh, so he has Coach, he's Coach doing Rink. something right, bro. Him and Coach Rink, they gotta be doing something. Absolutely, right. gotta be doing something right. So to to cap all of this off, I think we're all in agreement here. Yeah, everybody should be allowed to talk about MMA for sure. I understand what King Mo is saying, and I agree. You don't have to train in order to show that you love the sport. I don't know what the fuck is going on with Ariel and Brendan Schaub. I hope they yeah. squash that shit because it's not even that deep. Both of them are cool ass dude. I know yeah. Brendan personally, and he's a cool ass dude from what I, I from my experiences with him. Yeah. I don't know where Ariel Helwani as well, but I, I haven't heard anything bad about him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Maybe so, uh, other people have they have different experiences, but I hope both of them can work that out, man. Yeah. I'm I'm Absolutely. like beekeeper mode right now, man. It's nothing <laughs> but love, baby. It's nothing but love on this side, baby. <laughs> uh, so. We had one of the greatest heavyweight fights in recent history uh, go down this weekend. Wow. Deontay Wilder and uh, Tyson Fury. Three. I like how, the trilogy off. I like how you said that. His name is not Dante, damn it. It's Deontay. It's Deontay. Shit, man. So I don't even I don't even want to talk about this yet. I'm gonna let King Mo go ahead and what what did you get to see the fight, first of all, King Mo? 
Yeah, I watched the thing. What'd you think about it? Man, uh, it was a great fight. Um, Tyson, Deontay came out hot, going to the body. Tyson Fury, you know, boxing, dropped him, mm-hmm. then got dropped, then dropped Deontay two more times to get the victory. Um, Tyson Fury's a special talent. So is Deontay. Uh, the thing about trilogies are <clears throat> they can ruin both fighters or they can ruin a fighter. If you look, if you look at the history of trilogy fights, they're never good for somebody or both fighters. <clears throat> Interesting. Interesting. That's actually pr- that's true. Interesting. You know what I didn't like about that fight, man? I was like, it, it wasn't nothing different from the last two fights. It was yeah. all the same to me. Yeah. I didn't. And I, I didn't like the, it. Was it was way different for you? Mm-hmm. In what aspect? I I thought the fight was way different. What? Deontay came what? out differently. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let came out. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Speak. speak I, I think I, I want to hear this shit. Yeah, I think I think Deontay came out showing a little bit more skill. He's moving. What his feet. skill, bro? Listen, come on, man. Man, stop it. <laughs> I'm about to argue with both of y'all motherfuckers right now. Bro, Deontay, I, in what? my opinion, this is my opinion. I thought that he showed that he improved. Improved he in what? Footwork. Bro, he was he was moving his feet. He was throwing a jab. Bro. He was he attacking did a, the body. He did a jab for what? One or two rounds, bro. And, and that was the only thing he does, different, bro. Oh, but but that but that's a difference. What in was my the difference? Opinion. The jab? That's a, yeah, bro. The body? Jab, jabs make the fight. Now, but yeah, the jab is like the most important thing. So the fact bro. that he came out and was throwing a jab as a power puncher—that's amazing, bro. That jab got his ass tired in that first round. If he, he didn't he do did that jab, tired. he did get tired. It, only thing he did different from that—I'm no, not dishing. No, listen, I know how y'all motherfuckers are on the internet and shit. Like, you know what I mean, bro? I'm not saying that he didn't do a good job, but I'm just saying that I feel like I'm like a mo. I feel like these trilogy fights is not a good idea because nothing changed because. It was the same thing. Uh, only thing he added was a jab, but he he, it's, you can't change a fighter. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Because he he's he's been learning that same techniques that he's been doing for years. I don't agree that you can't change a fighter. It's but. hard though. It's okay. hard. And and I think I said that before the fight. I was like, bro, he's he only thing uh, uh, Deontay Wilder is good at. He's a power punchers. Right. That jab jab, over the top right hand. That hard right hand. Right. That's the only thing he did. He can he can like I think mentally he cannot adjust. Because it, it it takes time. He learned. He been learning that jab, jab, yeah. I would, right hand. I, I will agree with that. It does take time to learn. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say Ron agrees with you. He requested for me to put his comment up here. <laughs> yeah, jump but in. I agree. Though. I agree with that. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he was a bad fighter or anything like that. But I say, I think yeah. that he's been learning that same techniques for years, and it, it's cemented in his brain already. Mm. So he just that's all he knows. So now you got a small amount of time to learn. To adjust to this this fighter, you know that you got to learn. You, you need more than just that jab, jab, left, uh, right hand. Right. Uh, the, with, with Tyson Fury, you know That's what I mean. Fair. So now he just came out doing the same thing, but he just added a jab to it. Added add a, a, a jab to the body shot. Yeah. The body shots, body shots, body shots. That was the only thing that was different. I'm not disagreeing with. You. I agree with everything you're saying. My only point is though that a jab is like f- fundamentally the most important thing. So the fact that he was using it. I thought it was a big change. But to the body, it wasn't a jab to the face. He was using it to the head as well. But I didn't I digress. Uh Mo, let me hear something, bro. Tell me something good, brother. All right, so <clears throat> let me start off with like okay, so Deontay Wilder started boxing late in Alabama. <clears throat> Alabama's not known for boxing. It's known for football and basketball. 
So he tried football, tried basketball, couldn't make it. So he started boxing. Boxed for a year and a half, won the Olympic trials. <clears throat> After two years, won the bronze medal in the Olympics. After two and a half years, turned pro. So think about this, right? So imagine if um, if we're hockey players and we're about to get drafted, and we just start playing hockey, and they're like, hey, man, these three, they can skate fast, and they when they hit the puck, it goes it goes flying hard. They don't know much, but, man, whenever we get the, the puck, like they might score, but they might not. So what skills would you want Deontay Wilder to learn when he was an anomaly? He was tall, long, lanky, could punch, didn't have enough time to learn the skills because he was thrown to the wolves. He won the Olympic trials after a year and a half of boxing. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about that. And then after two and a half years of boxing, he wins a bronze medal. I mean, after two years of boxing, he wins a bronze medal. Coming from Alabama, then he goes on to win a world title in boxing. So pretty much by the time he turned pro, people that he was fighting had so many more years of experience on him than him. So if you look at most boxers, by the time they turn pro, they've already been boxing for 10 to 12 years. Right. You know what I'm saying? So Deontay did a lot with what he had. You know, and, and the thing is that he tried to learn skills, but he relied on the right hand so much because he had to. You know, you can't just be like, you can't be like, all right, Deontay, go out there and box these guys that know how to box because, you know, I know you've been boxing for a year and a half, but just go out there and I'll box these Russians and I'll box these other guys from around the world that have been boxing for years. It's not going to happen because if you if you, if you you watch Alexander Usyk when he fought Anthony Joshua, that's what Joshua tried to do. Joshua tried to go out there and outbox a better boxer. It's not going to happen. You know what I'm saying? So so Deontay Wilder's coach, coaches knew, okay, Deontay Wilder ain't going to be the best boxer, but we can teach him a few things to land in the right hand. And that's what they did. Deontay Wilder, everybody Deontay Wilder fought, he dropped ex- at least one time. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, I agree with you, and I, I disagree as well. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying, but I, I only thing I, I disagree with you say he hasn't he hasn't been doing it, but he has because he's been beating the shit out of everybody except for uh, 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 Tyson Fury. Um, well, no, but the, Tyson, Tyson Fury grew up. Okay, Tyson, you think about this, right? You're comparing Tyson Fury to okay, Tyson Fury's like a Mayweather, like a Michael Hunter. Meaning, Tyson Fury grew up in a family with a family of boxers. His dad boxed, and his uncle boxed. Tyson Fury's uncle trained him. So imagine if you grew up in a household of boxers. Now you have Deontay Wilder, who grew up in Alabama with no boxing, tries football, couldn't make it, tries basketball, couldn't make it. Now I'll say, hey, uh, you want to try boxing? Okay, let's try it. And he goes to a tournament and wins because he knocks everybody out. Well, Mo. And then, then he goes to another big tournament, wins because he knocks everybody out. Then he goes to Nationals, wins because he what? Knocks everybody out. Then he goes to the Olympic Trials, and yeah. he wins because he knocks everybody out. And all these guys have had decades of boxing compared to him but Mo, go ahead I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off um but on this show this is what men and men soon you argue and are we about to get in an argument right now <laughs> there's no fucking excuses bro at that level it's nah, no excuses it, it's not i know well he's not making an excuse i'm saying what he's though. trying to say but he's 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 giving context to to what has happened for sure yeah think about that's like that's like me saying hey usain bolt i know you're fast you're Olympic champion all right guess what we're gonna put you at yeah, punt return. 
So go out there in the NFL and start returning punts. How do you think he's going to do catching punts? Hey, hey, are you talking that's about like, a- No, but that's the same thing. Think about this, right? Usain Bolt is just fast, but he never tried catching punts. Deontay Wilder was just big and could punch. You know what I'm saying? So he threw him out there, and he just happened to win because he's big and could punch. You know what I'm saying? So if you take that same rationale, if you put Usain Bolt in the in the NFL, he would do horribly. I disagree. Nah, I disagree. Come on, son. Because now you got to teach. Not easy, dog. Hey, catching punch not easy. I disagree with you. Let me tell you why I disagree with you, both of you guys. As black people, we can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> We good at everything, motherfucker. We have you the best at everything. Can you swim? I can. I can swim. Yeah, I can swim. Can you swim. I can swim about a about a, about a couple of laps. I'm talking about the. Can you save somebody's life? No, nope. I probably can. No, 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 that. You know if you can. You know, probably. <laughs> hey, I will say this. I I will say this. You put a black person in, in some swimming, we'll figure it out, and we'll be the champion within a, a year. Nope, you'll be drowning. <laughs> Jamaica and, and St. Lucia and Virgin Islands are, are islands, right? Black islands. And they ain't had no Olympic champions. <laughs> hey, because they don't like swimming. No, they, they got to swim. They're not island. Hey, I guarantee you, I'll go find one of them bad boys and put them in the, in, in the Olympics. You know what I'm saying? But I agree with you because I will say this, man. I will, people laugh at me, but I, I am negative buoyant. What does that mean? That means that I sink, bro, when I swim. Oh, okay. I'm for real. <laughs> Why you laughing? Chris? People be laughing. I've never heard that. Are you, are heard you, I'm for real. Complex word. Hey. <laughs> Mo, Mo, have, do you swim? Are you negative buoyant? Look, I think that most dark skin <laughs> tend to be negative buoyant. We just sink. Thank I'm, you, I'm bro. Thank you. I thank you. Nobody believes me, bro. When I jump in the swimming pool, I sink, bro. People don't believe me. D- did you try it? Did you try to swim? I, you- bro, I used to be a lifeguard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know how to swim. And there you go, bro. We got one right here. What did I tell you, Ma? I disagree with you, bro. Oh, shit. You so light skin. Light <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, lifeguard. I'm, I've never seen, like, oh, yeah, I, I've seen one, one, one black lifeguard, and he was light skinned. You know what I'm saying? He was, he was like, he was like, you know, he was light skinned. You know, I, I don't think many, you don't see too, we're, we're runners and sprinters. You know what I'm saying? Like we are, we are not swimmers. So the, all the, all, all the light skinned brothers is, is, uh, <laughs> is fucking lifeguards, huh? <laughs> we got Sunni over here, homie. Like, you know what I mean? It's all good, but I don't know, man. Now, this, I, is, this is something I want to get. I want to get King Mo's opinion on. This is the last topic and then we, we can go into some questions, but, uh, Everybody's posting this meme now of of Tyson Fury and his body, his back, what they call it, his back ass and all that shit. Yeah. And they said this is what peak male fit athletes look like. This is the, what <laughs> this is what represents make uh wow, I can't even talk. Peak male fitness. Yeah. There's What do you think about this? So they're saying <laughs> so they're saying like that that is a a that's that is the how a, a, a real uh high high level athlete, athlete looks. Yes. That's the body of a high level athlete. I say. said bull of fucking shit. <laughs> bull of fucking shit. But how can you say that? Just because he looks that way doesn't mean he's not in shape. I seen Mo. I seen Mo uh uh you know hey, I, the same way you know how he said dark skin dark skin black men sink Dark skinned men in general are not gonna look like what 
Tyson Fury looks like when they're in shape. It's different. I don't think I don't even think it has to do with the skin color, bro. I, no, I'm telling genetics. you right now, no, it, it is part of genetics. Yeah, but they're saying a high level, a high level athlete, which he is. He's the best boxer in the world. Well, heavyweight right boxer now. in the world right, right now. now. Yeah. But look at to look at uh, 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 Deontay Wilder. And he just beat him, so that's why they're saying. But that look at his body, though. <laughs> I, he's shredded. that motherfucker's chiseled. Yes, that's not a that's not the typical look of a high high performance high level How athlete. How can you say that when he he is the heavyweight champion? How can you say that, King Mo? What you got to say about this? <laughs> it just depends on the athlete because you know the body. It's not about the body; it's about the performance. You know, BJ Penn went and ripped up, and he was winning. Cain Velasquez was not ripped up. He was winning. You know what I'm saying? Like, the body is just, you know, it's a for looks. Performance is the key. I agree with you. But they're saying, like, this is the this is the look. This is the real look of a high-performance athlete. <laughs> he's, he's, that's a meme, bro. A meme. That's why. A meme. <laughs> that's, but for some people, it, it, it it's functional. You know, there's some people out there. Look at, uh, look at um, that dude, Big Tuna. I forgot his name. Uh, he knocked out. Um, I'm going blank. He's from Mississippi. This boy can punch. He can fight. He don't look that athletic, but man, he can punch. He knocked out one of the um, big stars in Bellator, one of the big up and coming guys. I think. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That last card that happened recently, right? Yeah. Listen, and this guy, this listen, he's lighting his feet. Watch it bounce around. He's lighting his feet. He's very explosive, and he's like just by looks, you would think that hey, I'm gonna kill this kid. But man, don't sleep on them, or you will get slept. This kid's some guys just licks. You know, licks don't matter. It's about performance. I mean, I think that applies to mostly heavyweight fighters, though, too. I mean, he nah. just named, he just said BJ Penn. BJ Penn was fighting at one fifty five. Well, BJ Penn was though. He's not. He wasn't really a striker. He was a jiu-jitsu fighter. What you talking about? BJ Penn had hands, bro. He did. Oh, don't even start arguing with DJ Penn because all of a sudden you, you talking shit about DJ Penn. I know who JJ, DJ Penn is. BJ First Penn. Of all, you don't even, I was about to say, you don't know because you're calling him you, DJ, motherfucker. You got, me, you got me all flustered, bro. You got me flustered, bro. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, man, this guy. Man, fumbled on my words a little bit. I know about BJ Penn. You, hey, Mo, we had a we had a little a debate over here. He was saying BJ Penn is not a legend. That's not what I said. Oh, I said that BJ Penn is shit? not, he's not a GOAT. You see what that I said. shit? No, you said a legend. No, man. Bro, we can roll the shit back. <laughs> we can roll the well, shit back. He is a legend. He is a legend. That's what, man, GOAT is used every week. Right. They use so much GOAT, like, when it comes down to it, the GOAT won't be determined for another 20 years after after it's all said and done. Because when I was, I remember I remember when I was, I've been to MMA, like, I'm an MMA, like, historian almost, kind of. So, I remember first, the GOAT was Randy Couture. Then it was... Fedor? Um, no, 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 no. Then it was, um, fast forward to, not Fedor, but it was Igor Vachachin. Mm-hmm. Her, Igor Vachachin, Mark Coleman. Um, then it went to uh, um, Randy Couture. After Randy Couture got beat, um, Fedor, you heard, heard Vandalay Silva. Uh, um, they were saying Shogun. Um, even at one, one point, Keith Yamamoto was brought up there. So you hear it all the time. Then came Velasquez. You hear about Brock. You hear Daniels up there. You hear Stipe. Then, now they're saying Ngannou. It just it's like the juice tag 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 but the thing is you'll see the difference I forgot Anderson Silva and the and John Jones but you'll see down the line 10 15 years from now 
like the the kids will have the the, the future that they're in the sport and the kids are involved and the fans are involved in the sport they'll determine who the goat is because man like the way things work in mma with social media like they'll be like he's the greatest one he's the greatest 125 pounder of all time but the 125 pound division has only been around for like what maybe less than 10 years you know what i'm saying so you already have a goat at 125 People are forgetting about Mighty Mouse already. They're talking about Sudo, which is, you know, he's the man, but Mighty Mouse was the man before that. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's already forgotten about. Right, right. Um, That's another thing, too, man, that kind of, that kind of, uh, only thing, like, not to knock Joe Rogan, but he do say that a lot. Like, he overhypes a lot of these fighters, too, man. I think he, I think he does it because, because it's, you know, it's in, he's talking in, in the context of the event or stuff yeah. like that. But I feel like he always gives props to, to Demetrius Johnson. I think that's his favorite fighter. No, I'm not saying Demetrius Johnson. Oh, just in general? Just in general. In general. But think about, think about, you have to remember this though. Okay, so the UFC, they hire their, they hire their broadcasters, right? In football and other sports, football, the, the broadcasters work for the, the network. You know what I'm saying? So like Joe Rogan, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna speak on what he sees, you know what I'm saying? Like good or bad, but for the most part, they're not going to bash their own product. Nobody should and nobody will for the most part. Except for Dana White. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I think Dana White, he's the thing, Dana White don't bash his own product because, like, look, if you're a fighter that fights with him, you're an independent contractor, so he can bash you. You know what I'm saying? So you remember that he can bash you. If you're not performing good, he can bash you, he can cut you, they can cut you. So it's it's their terms. The organization and whoever's in charge has the right to do that if you're not performing. Well, that, that that brings me into into another conversation because obviously you've pretty much fought everywhere, all the promotions here in the United States. You fought in Japan before on Risen. Um, why? What was your reasoning for not going to the UFC? Because obviously, I'm sure it was your choice. Because I know they were checking for you. Well, the thing is, like back then, looking back at it, I wanted to go, but I went to Strike Force because, like, I was trying to ease into things and try to learn it, learn about MMA. And I had all the injuries, but I wasn't ready to go to the UFC at the time. You know, I was, I was, I was barely ready to go to strike force. You know, I was still kind of injured and stuff like that, but I went and tried to do the most I could do. But yeah, like I wasn't ready. I wasn't really ready for it. Let me be real with you. I was ready to compete. I was ready to compete, but like, but just like, you know, I wasn't ready for it. You know, uh, Brian Parsons was my coach back then. We had a great plan, but my body at the time, like looking back, I wouldn't have been able to handle it because my body's up was all beat up. It still is. That's crazy. Um, what about, uh, I like, uh, we talk about fighter pay and, uh, uh, you know, the business side of, uh, MMA. Can you give a uh, up and coming fighter that's coming up in like a SUNY who's up and coming in the rankings and, and who's still an amateur who's going to well, pro, but, um, can you give them some type of advice? Okay. Um, first and foremost, get with the good team. Get with guys you can trust. Get with, you know, um, get with a good manager that understands the game because some managers will sell you a dream. Don't chase an organization. Chase the wins that make sense because don't be one of them dummies that say, oh, I'll fight for so-and-so for free. No, no, you won't. Fight for your wins because your wins will get you to where you need to be. Mm. Mm. Okay, go. Choose choose the fights wisely. This that's what that's, I like that. Um, so as of as of right now, 
you know, like we like he said, there's a lot of talk about fighter pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got guys like Sean O'Malley talking about, oh, I'm not fighting that person because I'm making X amount of dollars. I'm gonna wait until I'm making more money to fight somebody in the top ten or top five or whatever. Um, which I think kind of aligns with what you what you're saying right now. Um, but what do you think is lacking right now in in the MMA industry? And it doesn't necessarily need to be in fighting. It could be in fighting. It could be on the business side. It could be on the marketing side. Like, what do you think are are some things that are missing right now? First and foremost, fighters union. Okay. That that would put it into a lot of stuff. Get a fighters union in, in play. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. And why first, do you think that hasn't happened? Because um, they separated the fighters by pay, in a sense. Like, if you're making, if you're making so much money, you know, so like, but like this, fighters will undercut other fighters. So like, you can get a good fighter if he's if his base pays fifty thousand and a fight falls out, and they're gonna offer seventy five thousand for someone to step in and take a title fight, even though the guy that turned the title fight down wanted more money. They're gonna take the other guy and market him, and people forget about the guy that turned the fight down because the organization, if they have the right power, they will market that fighter to build him up so people forget about the old. Mm. Interesting. And you and you and so the biggest thing out of everything, you think just we need to organize as fighters and and help create this union. Yep, because then with, you know with the union. We can all get on the same page. Well, you guys can all get on the same page. Um, demand certain things um, from all the all the organizations because you know when it comes down to it, like if you if you compare MMA um, fighters to boxers, top boxers, no comparison. If you compare MMA fighters as a whole to football players and basketball players, there's no comparison. But eventually, you know, it could get there. But it's gonna take unity. It's gonna take all the fighters coming together and taking a stand and, and saying, "Hey, we know our worth. We're not gonna do this unless we're getting this in return." Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I, I agree like with that. that. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that too. I like that. Um, so now, obviously, you know, you talked about coaching and everything. Um, what's what's something that, as a coach, you like for all of your students or your fighters to walk away? with every session well um i don't try to teach my 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 athletes to be fighters per se i try to teach them to be tacticians and uh because the thing is like i if i die i want them to be like oh coach mo had to be here no no motherfucker you should know the rules even if i ever die you should know what i taught you because you know it should be ingrained. It should be muscle memory. You know, you should know, you should be able to understand, okay, here's my strengths. Here's my weaknesses. My opponent's strengths are here and his weaknesses are here. Now, from what I know, I can devise a good game plan to defeat this dude or this female or whoever it is. So that's that's what I'm trying to instill in my athletes. Like, yeah, I can teach you how to fight, but I'm just trying to teach you how to use your brain so, so you can devise a game plan that makes sense. Because game plans make fights so much easier. Absolutely. That's dope. 100%. And, it, and I'm going to be honest. I think that might have been the first time I heard a coach, like, on an interview say something along the lines of, I'm trying – basically what you're trying to say is that you're trying to increase your fighters' fight IQ so that they can yep. think for themselves. Yep. Yeah. 
And I don't think a lot of I don't think a lot of coaches even even think like that. Yeah, it's not a video game. So I'm like, like, like again, I'm a coach, so I'm from the outside looking in. So I know what I see. I don't know what you see. I can assume because I've been in there that you probably see this, this, and this. So I can give you, I can calculate and give you my input on what I've seen and what I felt and what I've seen with you in practice and how what I've seen by studying you every day. And you know, it's just like it, it's it's it gets deep because like you know, um, your coaches, but then you're multiple things besides the coach. Right. It's a life lifestyle in a sense. Wow. Okay. Um. I think uh, right now, you said you were coaching Valerie Lareda and, and who else? Whew, that's all he needs to talk Stop. about. <laughs> that's all. That's all. <laughs> Isis, Isis Verbeek, um, Jarzino Rosenstruck, Johnny Eblen. Um, I got me. Yeah, I'm helping a lot. For the most part, I just don't really coach one person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a person that helps whoever that needs help. So, like, if you're at the gym and you need my help with something, I'll help you. I, I don't gotta be in your corner, but I'll help you to to where you understand what you need to do. I ain't gotta be there. You know what I'm saying? Like I worked with Amanda Nunez quite a bunch, you know, and she's sharp. I don't need to be in her corner because she knows what to do. You know. I got a question for you now, because I know it's late over there too, man. So we're gonna keep you too much longer because it's like ten o'clock over there. Um, do you think? I, I need to hear your opinion on this. Since you t- you bring up Amanda Amanda Nunez. Do you think that these female fighters can beat lower, uh, male fighters? Like a valid, uh, depends like a- on depends on the matchup. It depends on the matchup and the injuries, and you know, because like when it comes down to it, a, a man's gonna be stronger than a female, you know, and have have more um, physical advantages. So you know, it just depends on the matchup, you know, like. If a man can fight a guy that weighs 115 pounds, yeah, she could probably beat him. But with me, I'm not the type to to think about you know those mythical matchups because they make no sense to me. It might happen one day. <laughs> nah, it ain't gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's already happening. In the- <laughs> Don't start. Don't start. You see, hey, he about to get us canceled, oh, bro. Oh man, don't get canceled. Mo's already happening, Mo. There's there's some different type of Mo's out there. You say you see Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Hey, let's talk about that real quick, man. Oh man, I don't even want to talk about it, man. See, did you watch? You start it? Did you watch shit, it, Kimo? I watched some of it, yeah. Don't, I don't want to talk Look, about it, man. Did you watch hey, it? I did. Some, I didn't seen the whole. I just seen some clips and stuff. It was all right. Great. Well, I don't. I, I, you watched it, Chris? It was great. I thought it was dope. I look. First of all, I have a different relationship with Dave Chappelle. I never met the dude, right? But I grew what up. You mean in a DC. different relationship? You well, because like I grew up in DC, so I grew up like watching his comedy from yeah, since yeah. I was a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like I understand it. I understand what he's saying. I understand everything where he's coming from. If you watch, people. if you watch the stand up, yeah. You will see that he's not like he's not being malicious. In fact, he told everyone in the stand-up basically like, Man. I know that they're gonna try to cancel me for this, but I'm gonna say what I have to say anyway. And Man. they still did it. We we we, we don't want to go too deep because we know how we get. <laughs> we go down a rabbit hole. We gonna go down that rabbit hole. All right. We can Do leave. we have any questions for Mo Lee, Man, because we like I said, it's probably ten o'clock over there, and he's uh he probably gotta go train tomorrow. Do we have any questions from the people before we leave? Let him go. Nothing so far. I, okay. I have a question for you, King Mo. Um, now that you're, you know, retired and you're not not fighting anymore, not competing anymore, 
uh, how like what is your training schedule like? Are you still training? Are you still working out? Are you still doing jujitsu, boxing, anything like that? Man, uh, not really. I might just in practice might be a body drill, a drill partner. But you know, I I I stay lean. I eat clean. I have hyperthyroidism, so it kind of makes my metabolism work faster. So I have to deal with that for the most part. But other than that, like I'm, I stay lean, man. I got good genes. How how do I get that? Can I get that? You don't want that. <laughs> look up Jet Li. Type in Google Jet Li and hyperthyroid. You'll see it ages you, man. Mm. Seeing all these grays in my face and my beard, man. Stop, on, bro. Man. Stop, man. Yeah, I got yeah. more grays than you, and yeah, I'm older. Got, I'm yeah, younger. Courtney got grays over here. He be you know trying to I mean? dye his shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just for men all day, baby. Just for men. I tell you, hey, one time I was like, um, I was like, asking Mo, I was like, uh, I need some like, you know, diet expert uh, advice, mm. you know. And he, I was like, bro, what do you eat? I said, bro, I love hamburger. He said, I never ate like outside, like in a restaurant, like fast food before. What is that true? It's crazy. Man, what are you talking about? Not me. I eat all the time fast food. <laughs> oh, bro, that's what you told me, bro. That's what you told me, man. I'm about to joke. Listen, listen. Popeyes. The Popeyes fish sandwich. <laughs> the Popeyes chicken nuggets. Bro, oh. Bonchon. Bonchon. What's, your, what's your favorite Bonchon fast food? Chicken is good. What's your favorite you know, fast food? My favorite fast food? I don't know because it changes, man. <laughs> what you I find know, yourself changes. eating a lot right now? Crawfish and shit like that. I love crawfish and shrimp. Yeah. That's Korean what... fried chicken. Korean fried chicken. What a bomb. Bon chan. Bon chan. That's what I'm playing. B-O-N-C-H-O-N. Bon Bonchan. That's my spot. Man. <laughs> this dude told me, bro, like, I never ate fast food before. I was like, oh, shit. I need to get my life together. Bro, you know, for a long time, I never had McDonald's. What? I never had McDonald's for a long I just, I think it was last year when I had McDonald's for the first time. Last it year. was good though, wasn't it? Hey, that shit was good, man. <laughs> Them fries are fucking dank, bro. <laughs> Those fries are hitting, man. I ain't gonna lie. I, oh, I just, but the shit. reason why I didn't eat it though is because you know you hear all these. This is like the most unhealthy shit. And you know, my mom never really. We never like bought food outside. She always cooked, so I never had to fucking buy eat McDonald's. But yeah. you know, I came out here and I started eating In and Out and shit. Oh, before we go, what's, what I want to know this from both of y'all since y'all both like to eat. And Chris, you can chime in too. What is your what is the best burger place you think? What's the best burgers you ever had? Me and you had this conversation before, Courtney. Best burger. That's hard, bro, because I like some burgers. Bro. Well, you you think about it. King Mo, what you think? Whataburger or Shake Shack? Whataburger or Shake Shack? Really? Okay. Yeah. Before yeah. I before I say anything about that, Chris, what you got? Everyone says in and out, but for me. I don't know. I like Wendy's burgers. Um, Wendy's ain't bad. I will say that, Five Chris. Guys Five Guys is trash, bro. What? Five Guys is oh, trash. We got to end the podcast right now. Yeah. What trash. are you talking about? Bro. You're lame for that. <laughs> bro, that shit give you fucking. Bro, what are you stomach. talking about? My son be on fire. Did All you that say grease. Five Guys is trash. Trash, bro. When the last time you had Five Guys? Probably like six months ago. You tripping, bro. You get a wreck, nah, man. Trash, Chris, you like bro. Five guys? It's decent. I see I like Wendy's. It. This motherfucker said decent, bro. That's the most seasoned burger, and they give you two patties. Hey, trash, bro. This guy lost bro. his mind. This guy <laughs> lost his mind. He lost his goddamn mind. Hey, bro. I'm telling. I would say. I'll say Wendy's. Wendy's Is top. 
Yeah, better than uh, yeah, or in and out. Yeah, what is happening? Burger yeah. King is better than Wendy's. What? <laughs> hey, I can't yeah. even say nothing. Oh, I never had man. Burger King, so I can't say nothing hey, about that. I might go argue with you. Is good. I ain't gonna argue with just skinny people, bro. Like some people in shape. Man, I'm a fat boy. You ain't gonna be arguing with me, man. And then you can. Hey, that's like me arguing with you about fighting, bro. I can, you can't argue me with that. This is what I do, baby. This is what I do. You're a fool. I'm man. good. Twenty right now. Over. You know what I'm saying? What you gonna say about me? What you What you gonna argue with me about right now, Mo? You in the back fucking with bees and shit, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm eating, baby. I'm hungry right now. I'm thinking about this. You know oh what I mean? man. Shit, man. Hey, Mo. But yeah, man. We don't keep you too long, man. We appreciate you for coming on the podcast and you know uh, your expertise, everything you do. I don't care what you tell me, man. You are a legend in the sport, man. I've been following you forever. Uh, like I say, man, Olympic gold medalist. Uh, what? All that shit, bro. <laughs> you go, go. Hey, Olympic gold medalist. Hey, I'm trying to get this man his roses. Why he? No, he got his accolades. It. He got you know his accolades. Mean? Absolutely. But, hey, hey, but not for real, King Mo. Thank you. We we really appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank y'all uh, for having me, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Hell yeah, man, King Mo. Yeah, uh, you wanna you wanna plug anybody before you leave, or are you good? Nah, man. Everybody out there doing something positive. Keep doing something positive. I love it, I man. Love it. I love it. Absolutely. Well, this is the Boisterous Boys Podcast. Absolutely. I'm your host, Courtney Hendo, and we have my man SUNY M Hotep. And we have Chris in the back right there. Yes, That's absolutely. our producer. Uh thank you again, King Mo. And we out. We out, guys. <laughs>